So today we're going to talk about seek love. <coughs> seek love. Love is a very common subject um, in different ways we hear about love. Before we talk about it, there's this song I want us to listen to. Listen to the lyrics, okay? Thank you. 
song that I kind of like so much because it speaks volumes to me. Did you guys listen to the lyrics? It looks like a prayer. It was like what? It looks like a prayer. It looks like a prayer. Yeah, it is a prayer. To love the Lord. Anyway, today we're talking about seek love. Okay, let's pray. Bow down our heads as we pray. Holy Spirit, we need your presence this morning. Come and teach us your word in ways that only you can teach us. You have your own will speaking to us that we cannot ignore. So we pray that your voice will be heard in every heart that is here this morning. In the name of Jesus, I take every thought captive and I subject it to the obedience of Christ. Let our minds be here, let our hearts be here, let our spirits be here as we hear your voice. The Lord is in his holy temple. 
Let all the earth be silent before him. Lord, we are silent. Speak. Let us hear your voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I will ask that you give me your attention a few minutes. I'll try not to be long. Um, please don't be on your phones. I have all the scriptures up here, so you don't need to be on your phone. So try and put your phone away. We're talking about seek love. We started by talking about seek righteousness, seek faith. Um, great things that the Lord taught us as we talked about these. They're all available on the podcast, so if you miss them, I'll encourage you, go and listen to them. Amen. Today we're talking about seek love. Our theme scripture, as Anel went through with us, is 2 Timothy 2, 22. 2, 2, 2, 2. 2 Timothy 2, 22. It says, flee youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. Please put your phones away, okay? Put your phones away. Flee youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith. Love, yes. You're taking notes, that's fine. You can take notes. If you are taking notes on your phone, please go ahead and take notes, okay? Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue peace, and pursue all of these with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And today we are looking at flee youthful lust, but pursue what? Love. Pursue love. You are with me, Nathan, right? Pursue love. A scripture I want us to focus on today, Matthew 24, 12. Judah, can you read for me? Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will go cold. Amen. Matthew 24, 12. This is Jesus speaking. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Jesus was talking about the last days. In fact, did you guys know that we are in the last days? That we are in the closing moments of time. I believe we will see the coming of the Lord. I, it's my personal belief that Benedicta Jesus will come in our days. Everything is wrapping up now. Like, you guys should, we are blessed to live in, in these days. That's why we're doing this series, seek now or never. I'm telling you, if you can't find God now, the chances of you finding him later is little to nothing. Very, very slim chance of you finding God. If now, that things haven't become chaos, you can't find God, then little chance. Jesus said, when everything is unfolding, sin is going to increase. I mean, look at now. Sin has already increased. Right? Somebody can take a gun and then shoot, go and shoot people for no reason. And just kill people. If you heard in the news, this man went to kill the parents of a girl and kidnap the girl and went to live with a girl in some place 
for months in the U.S. So just killed her parents, kidnapped her, and went to live with her. And we're talking of a young girl, not like an old person. Filled with evil. It says sin will increase. Because of that, a lot of people will become indifferent to the things of God. You know, when we talk of God and Jesus and church, it's like, hey, you Christians, which world are you coming from? Don't you hear what's going on in our world today? When people are having fun, life is far advanced. So they call themselves progressive thinkers. And then we are backward thinkers, you know? So because sin increases, people's love for Jesus goes cold. And that is why right now is your best time to seek love, to love the Lord, to love Jesus right now. Not tomorrow, not, not when you grow up, not when you get, you get married, no. Now is the best time for you to develop a loving relationship with Jesus. And if you can't do it now, the chances of you being able to do it later, zero. In Isaiah 54, verse 4 to 5, Robert, can you read for me? Widowhood. Widowhood. For your creator will be your husband. Amen. Your creator will be your husband. You know, God wants us to relate to him like how a woman relates to a man. Right? How a woman relates to a man. How does a woman relate to a man? Why is it that girls are attracted to boys? Or boys are attracted to girls? Why? Who knows? Any guess? Is it true that girls like boys and boys like girls? No. Is it true? Yeah? Yeah. It's true. Why is some of you pretending like it's not true? This is true. Girls like boys. And in fact, I think girls like boys more than boys like girls. No. No. See how the, let's, see, let's see how the girls will respond to that. You know, guys, don't let the girls, they are nice and quiet, faces like angels, deceive you. Right? God created it that way. He actually created man and woman, male and female. Of course, today the devil is trying to turn that around. You know, that's so unnatural. The natural thing that God created is for males to like females and females to like males. It's a natural thing. So, however you are feeling now as a young man and you have all those feelings in you, don't think that you are some demons or whatever. Or as a young lady, you have some feelings in you. It's all natural. You know, it's all natural. It's normal. That you are a young girl and you like boys. Or you are a young boy and you, you like girls. 
right? But what you must do in these youthful days that these desires are so strong in us is for us to channel it to the right place. You know, like a young, like my little boys, you know, they have a lot of energy. Elijah, Elisha, like two years, seven years, lot of energy. As a parent, what do I have to do with all that energy? If I tell them, go to your room and sleep, I made matters worse because they have to, they have to channel that energy somewhere. They can't just be in their room. Do you get it? They stay in their room, they're going to make a mess. Then they start to misbehave and fall, crap on their on the floor. You know, that's because all that energy is being held back. But if I want to be free as a prayer so they don't bother me, and then for them to also be okay, I'll say, okay, let's play soccer. For instance, or I have a basketball net and I get on a basketball play. They will jump around, jump around, jump around, get tired. Then what do you think they will do? They'll sleep. I don't have to now scream. You have to sleep. You have to do this. They will just, because the energy that they have, they've been able to, I've been able to direct it and channel it somewhere. Do you get it? That's the same thing that you must do now that you are young, if you are white, because those desires are there, whether you like it or not. They are there. You see a beautiful lady, you begin to have thoughts because the desires are there. Or you see some very nice looking man, the desires are there. But you have to channel it and say, hey, wait a minute. I'm not going to let this thing misdirect my life. I am going to channel my passion for Jesus. When you channel your passion for Jesus, it's like my little boy giving him a basketball to throw around. By the time you are done, you don't have any more energy to do anything else. Amen? So in this scripture, God is telling us he wants us to relate to him like a, 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 a wife relates to a husband. He says, your creator will be your husband. Okay, how, I asked you one time, how many of us would like to marry somebody who gives you everything you want but doesn't have time for you? I mean, he has servants. If you want anything, you just, it will come to the door. Some servants will bring it, everything. But he himself doesn't have time for you. Benedicta, would you want to marry such a person? You won't want, he doesn't have time to talk to you, to even say hi or good morning, but he'll give you everything you want. You, you sure you don't want a, a person like that? Like, he'll give you everything, mansion, even if you want airport, he'll build airport for you. You still don't want a person like that? Really? Hey, Myra, you don't want a, a person like that. He'll give you everything, everything. I mean, what can you think of? What do you want? Everything. What do you want in life? Me? Yeah. A house, two or three cars, some business. You don't need to work. Some people working for you. Nah. You want to work. So he gives you a business that you are working. He gives you everything that you want. 
Only you can't see him. Maybe once in a while we'll do video WhatsApp chat. <laughs> you don't want to marry such a person. Why? You know why? Because within every one of us, we want love. We want real love. We don't want some wishy-washy something. Every one of us wants to be wanted. You want somebody who needs you so that you feel that you are needed. Are you with me? Are you with me, right? So, God, in the same way, wants to be our husband, we, his wife, he is our husband, we are his wife. And the same way that you don't want a husband who will give you everything you want but doesn't want to talk to you, God also doesn't want you to be his wife, but he never sees you. Do you get it? And so everything we're going to talk about today has to do with how we can relate to God in a loving way. To seek this kind of love to God. Amen. So our outline will first, we'll look at four things. The place of love in our walk with God. Then we'll look at why we are to love God. And then how we are to love God. And what you do if you love the Lord. What you do if you love. Short. We'll be done. Just four points. The place of love in our walk with God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 to 3. Myra, can you read for me? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, but have not loved, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I, I could remove mountains and not, and have not love, I am nothing. Uh, and through I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Amen. Now, this is a very powerful scripture. He's saying that it takes the highest form of Christian service, any, the highest form of thing that somebody can do, right? And it says that if I do it and I don't have love, I am nothing. Up to the point where it says, even if I offer my body up to be burnt, but I don't have love. I mean, think of it. How can somebody offer his body to be burnt and not have love? How is that possible? They are martyrs. They are martyrs. Oh, they are murdered. Martyred. Martyred, right? So they are, they are killed for their faith. But how could somebody be killed for their faith and not have love? Somebody comes in here with a gun. If you say you believe in Jesus, own up. I'm going to kill you. And we willingly offer ourselves to be killed because we don't want to deny Jesus. I don't want to say, I don't know Jesus. I say, no, I know Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And then I'm on the floor. Now, God forbid, right? But if it happens, I really will. 
I really want to say that I believe in Jesus. I don't want to deny Jesus. But that happens. The, the question is, how is it possible for me to have done that and not have love for Jesus? If the Bible is saying it, then it means it's possible. Right? It's possible for people to offer up their bodies to be burnt and not have love. Why? Because of the motive. The motive why you are doing what you are doing. Here, it's saying that it doesn't matter what you do. If your reason for doing it is not motivated by love, it is nothing. So talk of our work with God, our relationship with God. What is it that a person can do for God? Devote himself to God. You know, people who devote their lives go and stay in some... Yeah, let's close the door, thanks. They'll go and stay in some bush somewhere all their lives, never get married, and just stay there every time. But what is their motive? Why are they doing it? Right? I am coming to church. I'm talking to you guys. You see me praying. You see me jumping around, doing everything. Why am I doing it? What is my motive? Right? If it's not love for Jesus, I am wasting my time. Now, let's see what Jesus said to these people who were doing so much for him and how Jesus himself saw what they were doing. Bendita, can you read for me? You can see? Gabriel, read for me. The, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things say he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and I found them liars. Continue. And you have preserved and have patience, persevered and have patience, and I've labored for my name's sake, and I've not become weary. Nevertheless, I have, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Amen. This is Jesus speaking. These are Christians in a church at Ephesus. So the name of the church was the church at Ephesus, right? Devoted Christians, serving the Lord, doing many things for the Lord. But how somehow all that they were doing, they had lost the love that they had at the beginning. You know, when you, like a, a young, a young, you know, a young lady, young ladies, I'm sure you have in your mind the kind of man that you want to marry, right? Haven't you for once at least given it a thought? Yep. Yeah. Yeah? You have all for once, ladies, you fall for once given it a thought. Yeah, I don't like this kind of person. I want this kind of, right? You have an idea, the kind of man you want to marry. And, and guys, you too, right? Haven't you given it a thought? The kind of lady you want, don't want somebody who always be giving you headache at home. Right? You want somebody who is calm, gentle, responsive, and easygoing. Right? Now, when a young lady and a young man fall in love, and they are, they are courting, they are in love, don't you think that the love is really strong? It's really, really strong. I remember when I was courting my wife, we could be on the phone 
in the night for hours. Hours. Talking about what? Nonsense. I don't know what we are talking about. We are just talking. And sometimes we should be there on the phone and be on the other line. Nobody say anything, but we are not hanging up too. We just want to be on the phone. We we'll talk and talk, and when we finish, I, what were we talking about? I don't even know what we were talking about. We were just talking, you know? And I just want to be with her. I was living in Brampton. She was living in Toronto. I would drive all the way and go there, be with her, just to be with her, you know? Because the love is there, right? Now, after you get married, and then you have been with her, you stayed with your wife, your husband, the woman becomes familiar with you. The man becomes familiar with you. There's nothing more, any more exciting. It's like you have become roommates. Now nobody is, no, you are even in the same home. Nobody is talking to each other. It happens in many marriages. <coughs> but they are still married. The wife still cooks. The husband still works. They are still doing things for each other. But the love is not there. Would you like to be in a marriage like that? I mean, you're still married. He's, he's not troubling you. He's not going after other women. Right? He's still a faithful husband. He's still there. He still takes care of the home. Very handy man. Fixes things, everything. But he doesn't really have time to spend with you like one-on-one. -on -one. No, nothing like that. But he still takes care of the home. Provides, takes care of the children. Pays school fees. Everything. He's hardworking. She's cooking. Would you like to have a, a, a wife like that? She just cooks for you everything, but doesn't have time to sit with you and chat. Right? Imano? No? But that was what was happening. They were doing everything for Jesus, but they have left the first love. The love that was like when we were dating, that was full of fire and passion. Moment you lose that love, you're wasting your time. And you have to, as children of God, all of us, you have to take intentional steps to rekindle that love every time. Stir it up. Stir it up. Because just like you don't like it, you think Jesus likes it. Please. If you don't want a husband like that, you think Jesus is okay for you to just come to church, go home, come to church, go home. But you don't have any connection with him. Like you are sitting, just like the man and the woman having time together, intimate time together alone. You don't have that with Jesus, but you just come to church, go, come to church, go. And you think Jesus should be okay. No, he won't be okay. So the place of love in our work with God is so important. So important that if it is missing, everything else is lost. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Anel, read for me. Now by faith, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Remember when we talked about faith? I told you faith is above all. So important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Here, he's telling us even faith, love is greater than faith. Love is the greatest. The greatest. And so, your relationship with God, remember I said, I your creator, I am your husband. 
So your relationship, there's, there's, there's supposed to be a love relationship between you and Jesus. A love relationship between you and Jesus. At this young age, it's one of the best ways you can channel your energy. To love Jesus. I devoted my love to him. Didn't have time to love other things. Why are we to love the Lord? Why? There always has to be a reason why we are to love Jesus. Why? What do you think? Why are we to love Jesus? Gabriel, any idea? Because he loved us first. Because he loved us first. We love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. How did Jesus love us? He gave himself for us. He, gave, he didn't, Jesus didn't love us by buying some uh, nice gift for us. That's easy. He just buy. I mean, guys, if you're, you're going to propose to a young lady and all she wants is for you to buy her a car, right? This one, this, this first lady says, all I want is for you to buy me a car. And this other lady says, all I want is for you to die for me. <laughs> the two of them, which one will you marry? <laughs> it's like, all I want is for you to die. There is this firing place. I just want them to shoot you for me. And then I will live for you. I won't marry anybody. And then we'll be married. And then this one says, buy me a car. Which of the two is easier to marry? Buy me a car. Buy me a car is easier, even though a car is expensive and whatever. But buy me a car is far more easier than dying. Dying. So, for Jesus, when he died for us to show his love, I mean, there's no question about his love for us. No question. Think of a guy who will die for you. There's somebody coming to shoot and then the guy comes and stands in and takes the bullet for you. I mean, there's no question about this person's love for you, right? So Jesus, look at him on the cross. They beat him. You think he had to go? This is God himself. He didn't have to go through this. He left all his throne, all his glory. They came, spat on his face. I mean, early in the morning. When you people, when you sleep and you wake up early in the morning, how does your mouth smell? Early in the morning. Eh? Early in the morning, somebody said, some, some, of the, some of the smell that comes from the mouth, it can kill a mosquito. <laughs> it's an insect repellent. <laughs> right? This is early in the morning. Some people, they just woke up from their sleep, came, they, they were beating Jesus. They can just spat on his face with all that smell. Spat on his face. They beat him, everything. Why? Because he loved us. He didn't want us to die. Now, because of this love that Jesus has demonstrated for you and I, what else can we do? I mean, what can you do for Jesus? What will you buy, what will you buy to give to Jesus? There's nothing. He owns the whole world. The Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. What can you give to God say, to say thank you? All that God wants is for you to love him back. For you to love him back. Just love me back. That's it. I have loved you. I have given myself for you. I have died for you. I don't want anything from you. Just your love. Just love me too. I love you. Love me back. 
know how painful it is to love somebody and the person doesn't love you back? Hey! Guys, pray that you are not in that situation. And ladies, you too. You love somebody, you love the person, I mean, you see the person's picture, just the picture alone. You are going crazy. And yet this person doesn't love you back. It's very painful, isn't it? Huh. So for all that Jesus did for us, there's only one thing he's asking from us. Love me back. Just, I, I don't want, there's nothing you can give me. I own everything. I just want your love. I just want your love. Why we must love the Lord? Because he has loved us first. Amen. How are we to love the Lord? There are two ways God has shown us that we must love him. Two ways, just two. Remember these two. The first is that we must love God above all else. We must love God above all else. And I have a question underneath it. What do you love more than God? What do you love more than God? We'll talk about it. And then the second one, the second way to love God, how we are to love God, is we are to love God with our all. We are to love God with our all. Like everything we have, everything we are. And the question is, which part of your life are you holding back from God? Which part of your life are you holding back from God? So let's talk about this. The first one, above how are we to love Jesus? We are to love him with or above all else. We are to love him above all else. When I say you are to love something above all else, Let's read, remember the account of Adam and Eve in Genesis, right? Joanna, can you read for me? Sure. Genesis 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband. Amen. Story of Adam and Eve. Remember, I told you, all that God wants from us is to love him back. And that was really all he wanted from Adam and Eve. I have my little boy asking me every time we're studying the Bible together with him about the story of Adam and Eve. Why, why did God put the tree in the garden when he knew that uh, they were going to eat it anyways? Why, why didn't he take it out so that they don't have to the reason is, God wanted them to love him. For the love that he has shown them. I mean, you are there, somebody creates you. Before he creates you, he creates a garden with everything that you will ever need. And then creates you and puts you in that garden. Wouldn't you be grateful? Huh? Like, I don't know where you guys, where you are living now. But you just imagine, I am a billionaire. And I built some huge place somewhere with many rooms, houses, or everything that you ever want is there. And then I come for you and I say, here, stay here. It's a gift to you. Right? 
Won't you see that I care about you? Of course. But God wanted Adam to really show his love for him. So he told him, there's this thing that I've put here. Don't, this room in this big house that I've given you, just don't go to this room. You know? But somehow, the very thing that we are told not to do is what we want to do. That's our nature. <laughs> so Adam and Eve, the Satan came to tempt the woman. Look at how the woman made her decision. The woman knew God has said, don't do this. Satan comes and Satan says, do it. And so the woman looks at the fruit and she sees that the fruit is good for food. So she's thinking about her stomach. Pleasing to the eye is nice to look upon and desirable for gaining wisdom. So her, her wisdom, her intellect, her mind. And so she makes a choice based on the things she can get for herself. So God is here, and these are things I can get for myself, and she chooses the things she can get for herself and doesn't choose God. If we are to love the Lord the right way, we must love him above the things we can get for ourselves. Above all else. Above all else. But to love Jesus. That, that, that's the kind of love he wants. I mean, you think about having a husband who says that you, I'm going to share you with this other woman. Would you want to marry such a husband? Uh, just last Friday, we were having a discussion. Some, some person who is married wants to marry another woman as a second. How, how will you be a second wife? God forbid for all of you ladies. Yeah. But you see, it doesn't matter how many reasons you give. God doesn't want to, be, to have a rival. He wants only himself to be the object of your love above all else. So, let me see what's next here. In Genesis 22, remember the story of Abraham. God gave him Isaac. Abraham didn't make Isaac himself, right? For many years, he was married to Sarah. They never had a child. So he didn't have any power to give birth. But God gave him a gift. He said, here, this is a son, take it. Then God realized that Abraham's love was so strong for Isaac. So God wanted to test him. Yes, it's okay to love your son, but do you love your son more than you love me? Because I can't take it. God can't take such things, that you love something more than him. He doesn't like it at all. Yes, it's okay to love something, but if you love it more than him, so that when you are faced with a choice between those two, that you will choose that thing like Eve did, he doesn't like it. So he told Abraham, go, take that son whom you love. Go and sacrifice him. Now, he gave him a choice, just like Adam and Eve, just like the tree. Gave him a, gave him a choice. This is your son, and this is me. Who will you obey? You have a choice. Abraham could say, oh God, no, no, no. I can't kill my son. Away with you. But Abraham chose God because he loved God more than he loved Isaac. What 
Do you love more than God? What do you love more than God? What is it that will make you not to go at every length to deny yourself so that you can have Jesus? You know, it will cost you something. I mean, it will cost you something if you want to love Jesus. It will cost you something. How many ladies will you want to be with a guy who doesn't want to buy lunch for you? You, you, the guy takes you to uh, where? What are the restaurants? Which restaurant will you want to be taken to? You never know. Maybe I'm going to take you there. Eh? Maybe I'm going to take you there. Where? Nando's. Nando's. Uh, where? Moxie's. Jackasta. And then where? Where? Which other restaurants? Guys, you have, to, you have to listen to the restaurants they are mentioning, oh, because you have to be taking them there. Emmanuel, were you listening to the restaurants? So, imagine the guy takes you to the restaurant. He takes you to Nando's, and then you eat. You are thinking that um, this guy who has brought me here, he's going to take care of everything, right? And so, you eat. You order the thing, and then you eat. And then now they bring the bill, and the guy says, uh, no, this one is my part. Uh, this is your part. You, you pay it. <laughs> will you want to marry? If such a guy proposes to you, will you, will you accept it? No. no. You are lying. You won't accept it. I don't believe you. <laughs> you won't accept it. Why? Because love must cost you. If, if love doesn't cost you, it is not love at all. The guy who claims to love you but can't pay for your lunch, where is his love? <laughs> yeah, but where is his love? Why is he paying it for himself and not paying for you? Because maybe I want to pay for myself. Uh, yeah, that's there. But this is the one who wants to marry you. Right? So they have, they have, to, they have to spend. Right, ladies? It's the same with you and God. If your love for Jesus doesn't cost you anything, it is no love at all. I mean, you can't wake up to talk to Jesus. You can't wake up your sleep and Jesus. Which one do you love more? Which one do you love more? Imagine married to a guy who in the night you are having feelings, you want to spend time with him, and you are trying to wake him up, and he's, ah, 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 ah. He can't wake up to spend time with you. Why do you want to spend time with him in the night when he's sleeping? Like, that's so weird. <laughs> Are you listening? So, your sleep and Jesus... Which one do you love more? See how when you have exams, you stay awake and study and study. You think Jesus doesn't see that? He sees you. He sees you. I remember one time I had an exam. I, not, I haven't finished studying and I'm sleepy. I can't sleep. I fetched water, cold water, and I put my feet in the cold water whilst I'm, whilst I'm studying so I don't sleep. Yeah, I stay awake. You see the pain that we go through to get something that we want. 
But when, we, when it comes to Jesus, then it's like all of a sudden, everything changes. Oh, no, no. You don't want to inconvenience yourself. Oh, no, no, no. God understands. Oh, no, no, no. I need to sleep more. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't need to go to church. And you think Jesus doesn't see? It will, what do you love more than God? So God told him, offer your son. He was testing him. And Abraham passed the test. So God saw that he was about to kill his son. God said, stop, Abraham. If you read it in Genesis 22, when you go and go and read it, God said to him, now I know that you love me. Now I know. Whenever you are faced with the choice, that's when your real love for Jesus is tested. In Romans 12, verse 1, Emmanuel, read for me. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is, the tr this is truly the way to worship him. Amen. Give your bodies to God. Give your body. You know this body? That we, we like it so much, we dress it, wash it, paint it, make it look so nice. This body, that we have all our feelings and enjoyments in this body. He said, give it to God. Why? Because of his great love that he has demonstrated for us. He said, because of all he has done for you. That's how you show him love. Give him your body. My body belongs to Jesus. You tell that guy who is trying to cross the boundary, say, hey, hey, don't cross the boundary. This body belongs to Jesus. I've given my body to Jesus. The number two way, how to love the Lord. You love the Lord with your all, with everything. And now read for me. You shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Is that what it says? That one of your heart, you use it to love James. And then the other part of your heart, you use it to love Jesus. Is that what it says? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. All your soul. Please. With all your strength. All your strength. You know, right now, as youth, you have a lot of strength. You know, those three things there is a summary of everything. Your heart is a reference to your spirit. And then your soul. In your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your intellect. Okay? Your, oh, no, sorry, your will. Your will your emotions and your mind, your mind or intellect, your will. That's in your soul. And then your strength is also reference to your physical strength, your body. So everything about you, God wants you to use it to love him with your all. So it's not like, um, God, when, when we get to church and it's worship time, then I will worship you. But right now that I'm in school, uh, it's not about God, you know. This one is just me and my body. Let me just, 
when we come to church, I'll read to you and then I'll sing some songs and worship you. But outside of church and worship time, it's me and my life and what I want to do with my life. No. God wants everything of you. Everything of you. So your soul, that is your will. Your will meaning what you want to do. This is what I want to do. God wants you to use it to love him. So that I don't just decide by what I want to do. I run it by Jesus. Say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? That's how Jesus did, you know. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Not my will, but your will be done. And then you love the Lord with your strength, your body. Irina, sit up. Sit up, sit up. You love the Lord with your physical strength. Amen. Now, last, lastly, what you do if you love the Lord? What you do if you love the Lord? Irina, sit up. What you do if you love the Lord? There are five things that I'm going to talk about, about what you do if you love the Lord. Are you with us? Mm -hmm. hmm? Is everything okay? You want to lie down? All right. So let's move on. What you do if you love the Lord? Number one, you will love his people. You will love his people. And number two, you will not hate your neighbor. If you love the Lord, you will not hate your neighbor. If you love the Lord, you will obey and serve him. If you love the Lord, you will love to hear him speak. You will love to hear him speak. And last but not the least, if you love the Lord, you will talk to him every day. You will talk to him every day. This is, this is a measurement for you to check your love for the Lord. It's like a lavometer. Lavometer. Where is your love for the Lord on this meter? Check it. If you love the Lord, you will love his people. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.10. Nick, read for me. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Amen. The love you have shown him as you have helped his people. You know, you heard the phrase, love me, love my dog. What? Never heard of it. You love me, you love my dog. In other words, if I have a dog as a pet, for instance, and you say you love me, but you hate my dog, and then my dog is hungry, you even feed my dog. My dog is coming for food, you take a stick and you hit my dog in his face. You think when I come home, I will be happy? And then I will believe it when you say, oh, I love you. <laughs> I won't believe you when you tell me you love me, but you don't love something that belongs to me. It's like somebody telling me that he loves me, but he hates my wife. Right? I mean, what do you mean that you love me, but you, you hate my You hate my wife, you hate me. It's as simple as that, right? So everything that I love, if you love me, you will love that too. So here, he's saying that God has his people. Who are God's people? Nathan. Us. What's the name we give to ourselves? 
Christians, the church. If you love the Lord, you will love the church. You won't do anything to hurt the church. I mean, the moment you are hurting the church, you are hurting Jesus. Because it belongs to him. Actually, the church is part of his body. If you love God, you will love his people. God is saying here, the love you have shown him by loving his people. That is why me, I love church. I love everything about church. Why? Because it is the Lord's people. I will do anything to help and support the church. Anything. I, I, anything that I can do, as long as I can do it, I will do it. If it's going to help the church, help the church to move on, I will give my time, I will give my money, I will give my skill, everything for the church to go on. Because the love that you show for the church of God, you are showing it for Jesus. If you love the Lord, you will love his people. So when you have opportunity to do something in God, don't say, oh, I can't do it, or I don't want to do it, or what? No. Every opportunity to do something in God's house, even if it's clean, or help here, help there, take it. Because what you are doing is not for human being. You are showing love to Jesus. Amen? If you love the Lord, number two, you will not hate your neighbor. You will not hate your neighbor. Gabriel, can you read for me? If someone says, I love God and hates his neighbor, he is a liar. For he who does not love his neighbor, whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have for him, from him, that he also that he who loves God must love his neighbor also. Amen. So if I say I love God, I must love my neighbor. My neighbor here, it even go it goes beyond the church. It's talking of Anybody that I come across. Anybody you come across is your neighbor, not just the person who stays, who stays close to you. Anybody within your per, a certain perimeter around you is your neighbor. Imagine somebody walking down the road and then has a heart attack and falls down. At that moment, who is his neighbor? Is his neighbor the person who stays next door to him? No. His neighbor is the one who is right there. He may never have met that person, but his neighbor is the one who was right there, who can do something to help him. So your neighbor is somebody who is around you at any time. Doesn't matter who it is. And if you hate somebody who is around you, that somebody can be somebody in your class who is so annoying and always getting on your nerves. Do you know? hate that person if you say you love God. We can't. As Christians, we are not allowed to hate anybody. You know, in Jesus' mind, when you hate somebody, it's the same as the other person who took a gun and shot. The two of you, there is no difference. And I say I hate this one, and this other person took a gun and shot that same person. In Jesus', I mean, when we go to court, by all means, they'll put that one who shot in prison, right? And then me, who said I hate him, nobody saw it. It was just in my heart. Nobody will judge me. But on judgment day, you will realize that the person who shot, the judgment God will give to him, it will be the same judgment God will give to me. Because Jesus said, when you hate your brother, you are a murderer. 
That's how serious it is. So, when we say we love God, we must not hate people. No matter what, we must love them. Now, when you love somebody, it doesn't mean that you are, um, you are flattering the person. The person does something wrong, cry, you don't say it because I love you. No, if, if my son, I love my son, and so there's fire there, and he's going to put his hand in the fire, and I say, oh, Elijah, I love you. Have fun. Enjoy. I don't want to scream at you so that you'll be sad because I love you. And you are standing there. Will you think that I love him? No. I have to raise my voice and say, hey, take your hands from there. Because I love him. When you love someone, you will let them know when they are wrong. You won't just be quiet. You will let them know that, no, this that you did, it was wrong. But you don't harbor it in your heart so that, you know, there shouldn't be that I don't talk to this person, I don't talk to... No, don't do that. that. There shouldn't be anybody that you don't talk to. If the person says they don't want to talk to you, that's their problem. But you don't say I don't talk to. If they come and talk to you, you talk back. Do you get it? But if they say they don't talk to you, fine. That's, you know, there's nothing you can do. They, they say they don't. Media, I'm okay. You say you won't talk to me. But I love you. I pray for you. I actually do that. No, when you realize that somebody is fighting with you, you pray for the person. You don't pray against the person. You pray for the person. That, that as you do that, God puts love in your heart. You, love, you begin to love the person like Jesus loved the person. Amen. Number three, if you love the Lord, you will obey and serve him. Liz, can you read for me? But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his command, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. He said, be very careful. Why is he saying be very careful? Be very careful. If you are going somewhere, and Gabriel, I tell you, this area that you are going, be very careful. What will you begin to think? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. There is something you need to look out for because it is dangerous. There is something about to take you by surprise if you don't take care. So it says, be careful. Be careful that you obey the commandment of the Lord which he gave us through Moses. Which commandment was it? To love the Lord. Be careful that you obey this commandment. And he's saying be careful. Why? Because in this world where we are, it is so easy to forget about loving the Lord. So easy. We love other things. We love people. We want people to love us. We love, I want to get good grades. You know, you can fall in love with your grades. So much that you will do everything to get good grades and forget about Jesus. You are lost. There are people who have gotten better grades than you are trying to get. And their life is in shambles. The last time, was it last two years? So last year we had a um, back to school something here, barbecue. This woman came in her car playing some music. She, was, she looked like a draggy. Right? Are you ladies with me? 
she looked like a druggie, smoking, playing her music loud, came to park there. I went there talking to her. And as we were talking, she told me, you know, I'm a graduate from the university. I said in my head, what? I was shocked. You know what university she's a graduate from? University of Toronto. Graduate from University of Toronto. And she is an assassin. Her present job is an assassin. She kills people. People hire her, and then she will go and kill them. <laughs> yes! I couldn't believe it. Because she, she's very pretty. She's, ve she's very pretty. So she was telling me how she does it. And I was asking her, so when did she start to do it? And she said when she was in school, that was her way to pay off her school. They'll hire her, so, she, so there's this person they want to hit. She'll go and pretend like a prostitute or whatever, seduce the person and everything, and then after just cuts the truth and the job is done, she get money. Lots of money. But now, she's so wanted by the police. And so she's homeless because she can't have an address. Otherwise, the police will get her. So she lives in her car. So she showed me. She showed me her car. Everything is in the car. The back seat. She has her parrot in the car. She has her blanket. She drives. Wherever she stops, she'll sleep. It's amazing. But smart girl. I mean, as you talk to her, you can tell that she's smart. She's not a dumb person, very smart. And she was telling me how her life now, if she's not smart, she'll be killed just like that. Because some, some of the guys, they try to take advantage of her. No, she always has a knife with her, always to defend herself, you see? So if you are thinking that school is everything, you are deceived, right? She's a graduate, but she's homeless. Without Jesus, your life is a mess. Without Jesus, your life is a mess. I don't care how you make it. Without Jesus, your life is a mess. So, he says, be very careful. Be very careful. Because a lot of things are, are on the road to deceive you. Oh, this God thing, this whatever, is all not important. Just do this, do that. No, be very careful. That you don't forget the commandment to love the Lord. To love him how? With love him to keep his commandments. Hold fast. You know when we say hold fast? Have you seen somebody trying to drown and they throw a life whatever to him? And then he's, he's holding it with a finger. Like you, you are about to drown. They've thrown, what do they call it? That round thing for the person to hold on to. Lifesaver. Lifesaver. So they throw it. Imagine you all know how to swim. Do you know how to swim? Don't know how to swim. So imagine you are drowning, and then they throw this lifesaver, this round thing, for you to hold on to, and then you are holding on to it with your finger and doing your hair whilst you are drowning. Will, 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 will somebody think that you are serious? I say, yeah, no, you are not serious. <laughs> you don't want to live. I think you want to drown. Maybe we should leave her to drown. 
But if you really want to live, what will you do? You will hold fast onto the thing. You, you will stop whatever and just hold fast. And this thing is my life. If I let it go, I'm drowning. That's the same thing. He said you hold fast onto the Lord. Hold fast. You, you, you leave everything else that is taking your hands so that you can hold fast. He said hold fast to him. To him. And then you serve him. You know, if you love the Lord, you will serve him. You will serve him. You know, today's Christians, they amaze me. They just want to come to church, dress nicely, come sit around, go home. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, they're talking of somebody who died for you. You don't want to serve him. You think there's nothing to do in God's house? There's a lot to do here. A lot. I need help. I mean, I need help. I can't do everything by myself. I, wi- I, I wish we had a, a nice drama group. You know, we come to church, we have to have fun. We have people who have drama. We, we just have fun. We do some drama about something, about life. We have fun. We, we, I, I imagine us bringing our friends. Because it's not everybody who can sit like you are sitting and listen to a long preaching like I'm preaching. You know, some people will hear through some skits, maybe five, ten minute short skits that we do, that you can play a role in the skits. Maybe you can't preach like I'm preaching, but you can play a role in a drama, can't you? Right? Then you also use your gift. When you do that, you are serving the Lord. You are also serving the Lord. There's something we can do. But if we say, I don't want to do anything, what can I do? I can't force you. I can't, I, don't, I can't force anybody. Because even God himself doesn't force us. But you, you, you tell me, I'm willing. You know, but I, say, I, can, I can also serve the Lord. We can start it, small, small. Did you see how the dance group is going? You're doing very well. I see it becoming big. So if you love the Lord, you will serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. I'm going to skip this. Number four, if you love the Lord, you will love to hear him speak. I remember when I fell in love with Frida, my wife. Just her voice alone on the phone. Hello. Just the voice alone just took me on cloud nine. Like, I was just excited to just hear her voice. Hello. Hello. To just hear her voice and just talk. I just wanted to hear her speak. When you love someone, you want to hear them talk. Hmm? It's very difficult to marry somebody who is dumb. I mean, dumb as in cannot speak. No. Right? Dumb as in cannot speak. It's very difficult. If you, I mean, ladies, can you imagine that your husband can't speak? Yeah, disabled and can't speak. Can you imagine how difficult it's going to be? Yeah, because you want to talk. You want to talk. Here, Jesus went to the house of two ladies, Mary and Martha, in Luke chapter 10. And as soon as Jesus went there, Martha went to the kitchen 
to go and make some um, fried rice with chicken and some sauce, some vegetables, and some noodles, some nice food for Jesus. Because Jesus is an important person who has come home. As she was doing it, Mary, Mary realized that, hey, this is Jesus who has come to my home. This person who I see him from afar, he's standing on the hill and preaching to people and I'm listening. And now he has come to my home. I, I'm going to sit at his feet. And Mary just went and sat there. What was she doing? Nothing. Just listening to Jesus talk. Jesus was talking and talking and talking. And Martha became annoyed. Jesus, why is it that I'm doing all the work and Mary is doing nothing? And you are not saying anything to him. I'm trying to cook food for you, Jesus, you know. And it's not easy cooking in these days. I need Mary to help me. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, Martha, you are worried about many things. But there is only one thing that is important. Only one thing is worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And no one will take it away from her. What is that one thing that Jesus told? He said, there's one thing. I mean, you're going to write exams. And your teacher says, this exams from this big textbook is only this one question that is coming. And your teacher tells you that this is the one question that is coming. And you say that, oh, this teacher, I think he's deceiving me. So you go and study the whole textbook. But you miss that one question. You see that you fail and it will be your own fault. And Jesus tells, he tells Martha, there is only one thing that is important. I am going to be the judge. I am going to be the one at the end of the day setting the marking scheme. I am the one doing the analysis. I am the one marking the exam. I am telling you, Martha, there is only one thing that is important. And what is that one thing? Sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing him speak. That is the most important thing. If you listen to last week's message, I was talking to you about hearing and hearing. Hearing and receiving. Hearing and seeing. All of that is simple. To just hear him speak. As you hear the Lord speak, your life changes. Because if you love him, you will love to hear him speak. When I sit in church, I don't sit in church to hear a sermon. No, I sit in church to hear Jesus speak to me. That's why I come to church. Not to meet you guys. I like to see you too because you're all nice people. But I want to hear him speak. I mean, if I don't hear him speak, it's like I've wasted my time. I want to hear him speak. When I read my Bible, I want to hear Jesus speaking to my heart. Amen? In Proverbs 8.34, it says, Blessed is the man who hears me watching daily at my gates. How often does the person watch? Every week? Every month? No. Every day. We must hear Jesus speak every day. Lastly, if you love the Lord, you will talk to him every day. Hadassah, read for me. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. I love, the, I love them that love me. So, oh, oh. Yeah, it's, an, it's another version. That read it. Seek me early, early 
Right. If you love the Lord, you will talk to him every day. He's saying that if you love me, you will seek me every day. And those who seek me every day, they find me. They find me. Would you like to have a, a wife who calls you once a month? No. Doesn't talk to you at home, but has a schedule. Once a month, will pick a phone. They will not talk to you face to face. So you are in the hall. She's in the bedroom, and then she'll call you. Hey, this is, this is our talking time for this month. We have 10 minutes. Let's finish talking. Would you like to have a wife like that? No. No, God won't give you a wife like that. God will give you a wife who always wants to talk with you. Amen? No. Nobody wants a relationship like that. Keep on. You don't want a relationship like that, do you? You want somebody who will talk to you always. Always, every time, not like uh, once a month or once a week. Is that how we are relating to Jesus? Is that how we are relating to Jesus? How often do you talk to him? Remember he, at the beginning, he said, I am your husband. And if he's our husband, how often are we talking to him? I mean, the exact thing that you want your husband on earth or your wife on earth to be doing, think about it that same way in your relationship with the Lord. It's the same thing. So you talk to him every day. Look at David. You see why God loved David. David says, you are my God. Eli, Eli, I will wake up. I, I will wake up and talk to you because my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. And then he says, my voice you will hear in the morning. In the morning, I will direct my prayer unto you. As everybody is sleeping, many times in school, I will wake up at dawn and go to the park and pray. Pray and talk to the Lord before I go to class, before I go to lectures. I'll talk to the Lord. If you love the Lord, you will talk to Him every day. Amen. In summary, we have looked at the place of love in our work with the Lord, why we are to love the Lord, how we are to love the Lord, and what you do if you love the Lord. In looking at how we are to love the Lord, we looked at two ways we love the Lord. One, we are to love the Lord above all else. And two, we are to love the Lord with our all. And if you love the Lord, there are five things that you do. One, if you love the Lord, you will love his people. You will not hate your neighbor. You will obey and serve him. You will love to hear him speak. And lastly, you will talk to him every day. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to pray on this scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. The Bible says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. You want to ask the Lord, direct my heart to love you. Direct my heart. To love you. I want to love you more than I've ever loved you. Jesus, I've really heard your voice today. Please forgive me for the past. I realize now that all you want from me is for me to love you. Direct my heart to love you. Close your eyes and talk to the Lord. Zebo <laughs> 
All he wants is for you to love him. To love him with everything. To love him above all else. All he wants is for you to love him back for all the love that he has shown you. Lebaresco pladesco shivarabadalas. Sumoro katariandaralabakatayas. In the name of Jesus. Stand on your feet. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray that you will shed your love abroad in our hearts. You know where we have failed, but today, thank you that we've heard your voice. We want to love you, Jesus. Even though it's not in our power, we ask that you will empower us by the Holy Spirit. From today, begin to show us ways that we can demonstrate our love for you. Help us to love your people, to love the church, to always be around the church, to always come when we can to worship you, to serve you with our gifts and talents. Help us in the name of Jesus. And let not anything in our lives take your place. Let us love you above all else and with everything that we have. Thank you, Lord. As we go home today, let your covering be upon us. Hide us from the evil eye in the name of Jesus. Protect the path of our feet. Let us not stumble. Deliver us from the evil way. Deliver us from the path of destruction. In the name of Jesus, let your angels be given charge over us. As we go on our way, let them bear us up in their hands to protect us and to shield us from harm. Thank you, Lord. Manifest yourself to us in dreams and visions and stir up our love for you in ways that we have never known before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we share the grace? Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will love the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you.